My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Episode Zero of Best Quality Vacuum. Yeah, our show about the Breaking Bad universe. And this uh, is our big introduction. Uh, If you do not know us, we are uh, two podcasters, do a bunch of other shows. um, And I already feel like I've gone off the rails on this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Those are the rails. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I could see this becoming uh, the model. Like, so this mm-hmm. is the show that's that's taking the place on our network from Orb, which was our show about the Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. And we have an approach to media recap stuff. It's not, um, you know, it's a pretty crowded market. A lot of mm-hmm. podcasts do this. Um, we have our own approach. And I can see just shows slotting into this. Yeah. You know, doing short form shows where we go through and watch a thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's fun and satisfying to us. And uh, this has been at the dead center of our Venn diagram of shared interest. Yes. As long as we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all wrapped up now. It is. So, you know, it, it makes sense to to talk about this. There's also, in a purely personal sense, uh, something, you know, for me is not real until I've podcasted about it. <laughs> um, you know, getting my podcast uh, thoughts down. Yes. Are just huge. So uh, I'm eager for that. Um, And I I basically always have a rewatch in me. Like Mm -hmm. YouTube will show me a clip and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's down to like I'll see I'll see somebody post a fun Breaking Bad meme. And I'd be like, oh, that episode was good. That's good. All of them were good. good. You can just go watch it now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That'd be better than doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know, so uh, it's also uh, I think that we will take a unique. Uh, look at this because uh, one thing that I like about the network and this came through in orb uh, is that we're not letting stuff off the hook. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, we're not fanboys about anything. Uh, mm-hmm. We try not to be. Uh, so as much as we both really love this show, um, it's not like we want to provide a podcast that does not even begin to touch the, like Walter Wright white did nothing wrong. And Skylar's the true villain. Yeah. Or any of this absolute horseshit like we we have a little bit of media literacy uh between the two of us and we want to apply it uh it is it is easy enough for me to distinguish between uh protagonist and good guy let's yes. say yeah yeah um yeah so I, we're, we're just going to go through it episode by episode uh same format as orb so mm-hmm. seasons and then a wrap-up with response episodes um it's going to come out every other week since it's a longer show mm-hmm. uh, it's going to come out opposite of days of future cast on saturdays that is uh, me and jeremy greer's x-men and x-men related show mm-hmm. um as is kind of another new status quo thing we got help with the uh, production stuff around this we want to be able to hire uh people uh so we have a theme song for this that you just heard a little bit ago this is by our friend gwen static she also did the Orb theme song uh, mm-hmm. of the band Trash Sound Conglomerate and Deep Whale. Uh, and that theme song bangs. Yep. It is appropriate and it is a nice mixture of the two theme songs. That is that, like we didn't ask her to do that. I, I think she just kind of intuited and split the difference quite, quite beautifully. Yep. Solomon it up <laughs> uh, using the wisdom of Solomon. Yeah, uh, the uh, Gwen has <laughs> chopped those two things in half. Yeah, um, with a little bit of El Camino, little in the bit throwing in there, the, a little bit of Western touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, our album art is by Trent Peters. Yes, um, yeah. uh, Trent is on Instagram at the Athletic Bookworm. Uh, check them out. Uh, it is real fun album art, and Trent was fun to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we basically wanted to have uh, a location and an ability to have a little picture of us, but then hide a bunch of Easter eggs <laughs> in there. Uh, so there, there's a handful of little Easter eggs in there. I love the, the pink little teddy bear off in the distance. Yeah, now that, uh, that it's a it's in the symbolism section of Wikipedia. <laughs> it's uh, the, innocence lost. I, I love it when when Breaking Bad gets entirely too fucking ham handed as well. Yeah. Like I love this show, and I'm just like dreading dread slash uh, savoring the moment where we get to talk do the episode where. Walt and uh, Gretchen are determining the weight of a soul in the, in the, the cold open. And it's the, the cheesiest, dumbest piece of shit that's ever been aired in the show. Yeah. Like every once in a while, uh, they get real little like live, laugh, love about some stuff. And it, it's real silly. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, making fun of the class lectures. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like chi- chirality. Uh, yeah. The the ultimate uh, moment where they, fr- the flashback where they first 
get the house. And Walt <laughs> says something like, nothing bad's ever going to happen in this house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he ha- says that exactly, but it's not, you know, it's not so far. I'm three from days that. from retirement. Yeah. It, it's, it's real, it's real funny. Yeah. Uh, boy, that, that's probably a good time to, to segue into spoiler. Uh, probably. Policy, yeah. Yeah. Given that we just said three things that happened throughout the show, not in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this show's old. I, you know, and part of the reason why we're doing it now is because better call Saul is out. finished up. Yeah. Yeah. We know not every, you know, not everyone has watched better call Saul and its completion. So we're not going to spoil like the ending of better call Saul. Right. But we want to talk about these character origins because half of the remit of better call Saul is adding additional context mm-hmm. to half of the cast, you know, or half of the plot, uh-huh. you know, the, the cartel side of the, the plot uh, of breaking bad. Right. Like it is adding characterization and backstory to Gus and Mike and the like. And we want to be able to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want to have to dance around it. So yeah. I, I think this might be our first, like, we're just not going to, fuck around too much with that i I think so i think that people need to uh have a little bit of trust like we're not gonna bring something up let's say um uh gratuitously let's say like it's got to have a connection to something we're not just gonna come in and say and you'll never believe what happens on the last episode of better call saul you know that's not gonna be our sign off but like we're talking about stuff in, in 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 context kind of um, it, yeah, that's the point. That's kind of the remit of the show. Yeah. Yeah. The RJ remitty <laughs> of the show. Um, yeah. so it ends up, it ends up being a little something like, yeah, I don't know. We, we could, we hit this in talk and talking about the spoiler wall for Elden ring on our show bonfire side chat, where it's like at a certain point, the, the value that we have is not so much in just regurgitating what happens linearly, but trying to put pieces together. It's more Mm -hmm. more of a thing in a video game where anybody can tackle it in any order pretty much. But I also think that that applies, that applies here. Um, This is a supplement to watching the show, the watching the show, not kind of a, uh, a replacement, let's say. Yeah. So I would recommend if you, if you haven't seen any of it uh, and are not interested in it, you might still like the show. I recommend the show. You mm-hmm. may have heard that, you know, you may have seen a bunch of uh, T-shirts at Hot Topic or whatever <laughs> that kind of, you know, jokerify the characters of it and mm-hmm. and glorify them. That doesn't that's not the show. There are a couple of moments like that, but the show is yeah. is pretty even handed, I think, with, you know, its villains and heroes. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, you know, badass Scarface right. shit uh, for the whole thing. So if you haven't tried it, if that's put you off, I recommend giving it a try. Mm-hmm. If you're like partway through it and you don't want us to spoil things because you're really like slowly making your way through this very old show, mm-hmm. uh, I respect you and respect that, but I'm going to consider you an edge case yeah, and not, not dance around that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, I um, mean, at, at the very least, because all of this is out like uh, any given season, Let's say like, mm-hmm. let's, let, let's say the season we're talking about is a danger zone for spoilers, but we're not going to be coy boys about, uh, about important stuff that relates to a particular thing. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, uh, so breaking bad in case you don't know, uh, is a TV drama. Mm-hmm. It is a crime thriller, uh, is probably the, the best genre. W- w- I, Wikipedia I calls it a neo-Western, which feels a little too haughty toddy to me. Don't, the, don't, there's elements. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's also uh, lurid violence and right. shock and stuff. It is a page turner. You mm-hmm. know, if, if this were a book, uh, it is, a you know, it it's artful. It, mm-hmm. it has a really great uh, character arc in it and does a lot of great character work wonderful acting just beautifully shot it's also would be a pulp you know it's a genre piece Mm -hmm. uh it's a crime story yes crime story specifically uh that could not have happened without without the american healthcare system (laughs) uh we've got a a science teacher uh uh, previously prestigious prestigious researcher uh who is now uh brought low so low as to teach public school uh, who is diagnosed with lung cancer and decides to kind of hook up with his former problem student, uh, Jesse, in order to cook meth to try and make money uh, to leave behind so his family is taken care of. Uh, yes. That's how it starts. Uh, but uh, we're going to see there's some rot at the heart of this that goes even back before this. Yeah, there's definitely a rot at the heart of this, and it, it is not nothing is simple. Right. Uh, you know these these decisions uh, all have consequences 
dire, deadly, horrible <laughs> consequences for everyone around them. Yeah. Uh, you do not, you do not come out clean is one mm-hmm. of the, uh, you know, the themes yeah. of the show. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you probably understand the concept of it. Uh, I got into the show when it came, like many people, mm-hmm. uh, when it came to Netflix, yeah so you know uh i didn't have cable like i don't watch tv on a tv mm-hmm. you know i'm not a maniac uh so when this came to netflix me and my ex-wife got into it mm-hmm. and uh and we're doing disc netflix like yep. you know waiting for them to show up uh <laughs> pretty pretty wild eventually started streaming it uh and just binged the hell out of it and loved it oh, yeah. um until we got caught up and then uh, I get, I still did not have cable. So in what is a very quaint 10 years ago thing, I would go to, uh, there would be bars and then sometimes the Hollywood theater would show the new episodes. Oh, nice. Of Breaking Bad for free. Like you would just come in and watch TV in mm-hmm. a theater. It was that kind of event television. Nice. Um, you know, you'd buy concessions and watch, and I watched TV in a crowd that, in a theater. That sounds great. It's uh it's wild. Uh-huh. Like it, it is definitely in a post COVID world weirdly risky, uh-huh. you know, for something so low budget. And now everything is on demand. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just I'll just buy the episode as it comes out. Like I bought the sixth season of Better Call Saul for twenty bucks or whatever, just to have them. Right. You know, so I wouldn't have to wait. Uh this was a different time. And it mm-hmm. was a really special experience. Like it was really, really fun to have everyone gasp, everyone, you know, catch their breath everyone hoot and holler and laugh at the jokes and all that stuff all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is how I watched most of the end of breaking bad. Yeah. That um, sounds amazing. Yeah. It was super cool. Uh, and then when it uh, came out in DVD, I bought the the complete DVD set and watched it again. I probably watched the whole thing. This will be my fourth okay. time. Like it's, it's long, you know, I haven't done it a billion times. This will be my fourth time watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is basically, basically my history. I was on board from the, from the beginning. Yeah, uh, the, of, of Netflix, like my first seeing it, not the beginning of, you know, you weren't, you weren't there like, ooh, let's let's check out the new shows that are premiering on American movie classics. Yeah, that, that's me. I love American movie classics and any <laughs> channel that shows American movie classics. I'm in for mm, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a you get a Turner movie classic there. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo, <laughs> Turner, boo. Boo. Yeah. Get American. For I'm French movie classics. Get out. Uh, uh, how about yourself? For myself, um, I uh, my first introduction to the show, uh, it was my college house, uh, and it was during the first season. Um, the, the roommate was flipping through television shows, looking to see stuff, and I saw the very last scene of, of, of season one, mm-hmm. uh, the one where Tuco beats that guy to death. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks, oh, th- that's how that's Brian Cranston from Malcolm yeah. in the middle. I, I kind of, I kind of need to see how he goes from goes, how this actor ends up in this situation. So th- this was even before I had Netflix, like I went and, um, like <laughs> the second, the DVD came to the, uh, came to the library, I went and got it out of the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh to, to 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 watch there and rip those and then was like day and date watching episodes on premiere from season two all the way through uh to the end this is like the last show that was really appointment viewing for me you mm-hmm. know like sitting down uh, uh following along on the something awful threads on the tviv forum there uh following along just people's reactions and stuff during the uh the commercial breaks and then things speculations and that kind of deal none of my watching was really communal like maybe sometimes if i was if i was in town or if chris was down in cincinnati with me when i was down there my brother was down in cincinnati we would watch it together because i got him into it as well but like most of my watching was done like just just alone in front of a television and about halfway through the episode i would find that i wasn't so much sitting on my sitting on my couch or sitting on my chair as i was in a crouched almost sitting position in front of it yeah, clasping my hands together cat like <laughs> state of readiness yep you bought the whole seat but you only needed the edge i didn't even need the fucking seat i see you just squat yeah. there you just need a squat <laughs> uh isn't it weird how in malcolm in the middle hal sees so few people summarily executed mm-hmm. but it happens all the time now yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like vitamins to them, but in Malcolm in the Middle, they really gloss over that. 
<laughs> there was that episode you know? where he got the uh, where where he, he set up the the uh, uh, pirate radio station from his old college days and mm-hmm. uh, DJed under the name Kid Charlemagne, yeah. and uh, then the uh, the FCC came and busted up all of his shit, and so he kind of stepped on their throats. Yeah, no, it did. <laughs> stepped on their throats and stabbed turned, him with a box cutter. Turned into kind of a Ruby Ridge situation. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was really no good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's kind of where we come at it. A lot of people I talk to who like the show got into it, uh, you know, not always like colorful ways. It's not like meat mm-hmm. cutes, right. but it, it kind of found its way to people as, you know, a show that, uh, didn't set the world on fire right away. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in addition to this show, the premise owing itself entirely to the horrible American healthcare system, mm-hmm. uh, the show's success owes itself to, to Netflix. Yes. Um, the show did Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first season and then, uh, you know, it kept getting kind of passed back and or threatened to be passed back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, AMC kept not wanting to air the next season. They kept trying to sell it and then would change their mind. And eventually they, uh, put it on Netflix in advance of a season and then it took off. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely became this huge cult thing. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's really good for binging. It's one mm-hmm. of the, the first, it's, it's great for that. Yeah. Um, you know, the tide is kind of turned back against, uh, binge TV now mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of moving against it but early on this was an early uh adopter of that as a kind of ideal method yeah to take it in the uh the the, the season dump uh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know in contrast something like mad men which i think is not one you want to binge that uh the, yes. you kind of need the the contemplation in between yeah. yes yeah yeah uh so this is created uh by vince gilligan um he was an x-files fan who submitted a script to fox which eventually became an episode uh, soft light he wrote uh, a lot of the episodes of x-files that i remember mm-hmm. uh where him so like yeah. pusher things like that like things that stuck in my head i go back and i'm like oh that was vince gilligan oh, that's yeah. cool of course you know yeah <laughs> uh, i would love you know at some point if this show goes on long enough we do supplementary stuff yeah vince gilligan episodes of x-files would be a cool cool thing to visit um at the, at you know, the very that, least the ones that star the or involve the stars of this show because that yeah. was kind of a farm team for him yeah, you need, need to see their first interactions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and also what a dream to like oh, yeah. be a fan of the show and then write in a script. Yeah. You know, be so good. They can't ignore you and, and get hired. It's like it's like going to a ball game and then just uh, like, oh, no, our, our 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 star batter is and we need you in the yeah. stands. <laughs> the Me. It is a fantasy camp. Yeah. X-Files writing fantasy camp kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, except he had the goods. Uh, Vince yeah. Gilligan, real good eye for story. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, he was one of the showrunners on The Lone Gunman, the uh, the kind of wacky spinoff. Co creator. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah co creators. Yeah, yeah uh, the wacky spinoff of The X Files that had 9 11 in the first episode before 9 11 yeah. happened. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, uh, I never liked that show. Yeah. I, I tried to watch that and I was like, this is too goofy and stupid. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, fun when they show up in X Files. Didn't want them to have a whole show. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, was out of work, having trouble doing stuff in the mid 2000s. And he made um, uh, kind of some of these jokes with his buddy, like, oh, um, well, you know, if, if I want to make money, I need to uh, buy an RV and travel across the country cooking meth. And that yep. mixed up with kind of one of something that he doesn't like about television, which is the static uh, yes. nature of it. The status quo just holding. Yeah, uh, this is a big thing that drew us to Venture Brothers as well. Mm-hmm. In terms of podcasting, uh, that was a different context. Like it was very surprising to have that show move on from status quo. There had been dramas, you know, and stuff that do this, but generally the typical mode for TV is that everything regresses to the mean. Yes. Uh, he wanted to do a show where it had a definite movement, specifically a show where the protagonist becomes the antagonist. Right. Uh, slowly over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And kind of yeah. uh, combine these two ideas to make Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, Sony signed the show early, uh, and then kind of shopped the show around until a network bought it. Um, weeds had just recently premiered. Uh, Gilligan said that if he knew about weeds, he wouldn't have made breaking bad. Right. Uh, that's, you know, tragic. Mm-hmm. Like weeds is fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's no breaking bad. Um, you know, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. Same. Glad <laughs> like, like, he didn't have a cable subscription when yeah. he was, you know, hitting the, hitting those hard times uh, because, you know, weeds is not nowhere near as I think durable as this is as kind of a cultural yeah. artifact. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as they were developing the show, Gilligan kind of relied on people who had been in those X-File episodes, uh, like we said. Uh, so like specifically Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul and Dean Norris. 
uh, casting Brian Cranston uh, was a tough putt for them uh, because nobody that he talked to could see through the fact that he was the wacky dad in that popular sitcom about the smart boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what a, what a sure, but, or like what a, what a bet, you oh, know, yeah. that what a payoff for that bet. Like this was a career changing and making thing for Brian Cranston mm-hmm. who was already doing fine. Like yeah. he had that Malcolm in the middle money. That was a long running and popular sitcom. Yeah. Uh, this just really shows the range. Mm-hmm. You know, I associate him more with this than I do Hal. Yes. Uh, very much so. He was responsible for a lot of the characters backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really, really direct hand in shaping the character. Yeah. You know, this was a passion for him as well. Yeah, down to like he said, okay, Vince, he's probably like what, like 180, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he gained a little bit of weight at the start, you know, to look kind of schlubby. Worked with like a makeup and hair artist to get that, uh, just that perfect impotent mustache kind of oh, deal. Yeah. Getting just a real like Willie Loman meets Ned Flanders kind of vibe going on. Yeah, wardrobe, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, let's kind of close out this episode talking about the principal cast mm-hmm. uh, that's there uh, kind of in the beginning yeah of, uh, of the show like think people will be added mm-hmm. to it but this is who we're starting out with um so we, we just talked about walter white's the main character uh played by brian, brian cranston this uh chemistry teacher turned uh meth head and kind of hard to talk about initially because his change is what the show is about yes uh the coolest thing on rewatch is seeing the crapulence early <laughs> like there's you know there's this idea that like walt was always like a, a super villain uh-huh. there's definitely a slope like he slides down a thing yeah you know he he wasn't going to just go from zero to you know super villain or <laughs> yeah. anything like that but he wasn't you know he was he starts as a complicated person mm-hmm. not an unqualified win yeah you know he's got uh in kind of like a greek sense he's got big flaws mm-hmm. you know big tragic flaws uh and and his uh is basically ego uh this guy wants people to love him and respect him and worship him and does not want help yeah wants to do it all himself feels like he is owed not just the chance to have everything but to do everything and get the credit for it yeah you know like early like an early shot you know establishing is walt waking up and doing his little morning workout routine kind of just in his sweats in an unlit room uh on a little stairmaster kind of kind of thing you Mm -hmm. know like one of those just like little floor unit stair steppers just staring at like a certificate that says that he contributed to nobel research or like research that won Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh you the know. injustice of that. Like justice is a huge theme mm-hmm. uh in this. Uh both cosmically, like that's something that Vince Gilligan talks about. Yeah. You know, uh within the world of the show, but also the characters feeling like they are not receiving justice or they are owed additional justice. Yeah. Uh to what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people that <laughs> Walt hurts most without actually killing him. Uh, uh is uh, probably the yeah. <laughs> Probably the, you know, as well, his wife. Yeah. His, his wife's up there, you know, for sure. Uh, over the course of things though. Yeah. I know it's hard to compete with, with Jesse's fate, especially Uh, where he ends up in El Camino. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, Jesse Pinkman, uh, played by Aaron Paul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, former high school student, uh, just a real troublemaker, kind of a, uh, the, the, the standard bright, but doesn't apply himself kind of, kind of guy. Uh, who it like introduces Walt to the meth cooking business, right? Yeah. In addition to Hank taking him on the ride along. Uh, well, I guess both those things happened at the same time. Uh, but uh, Jesse is a punk. Um, he is the guy who ends every talks in kind of street slang, uh, yep. ends most of his sentences in, in, in bitch and yep. has his own kind of arc over the course of this, which is he kind of starts to learn to respect himself to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, to like understand that like he, he is good at something. Uh, it's just what he's good at is a terrible thing. And he's constantly being kept down by again, Walter who wants all of the credit and wants to do everything. He's he's this is he's also like he functions as the heart of the show. Yeah. Uh you know, throughout the show there are many victims. Mm-hmm. Uh Jesse is the very first person who realizes that the presence of what he's created is cancerous mm-hmm. and is destroying people around them. Yeah. And uh rewatching the show the last time I rewatched it, the thing I was struck by is how many times he wants out. Oh yeah. 
you know, and how many times he tries to break good essentially mm -hmm. uh, and fails. Yeah. You know, for various things dragging him back in. Like this is a very corrupting yeah. presence uh, and it's not easy to shake off. Like he has to literally be reborn, mm -hmm. you know, to shake it off. And he goes through absolute hell yes. to get there. Like the stain does not come out easy as no. much as he wants it to. Yeah. Um, love Jesse Pinkman. Me too. Uh, you start starts off as a comic relief character. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a trick the show does a couple times, uh, specifically with Jesse and Hank. Mm -hmm. um, starts off as as a comic relief character who you eventually grow to love, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just root for. Yeah, um, absolute heart of the series, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, unsung kind of hero. Yes. Uh, of of the show is Skylar White, played by Anna Gunn, the great Anna Gunn from Deadwood. Mm -hmm. um, this is Walt's wife. Um, the show early on didn't know how to thread the needle, I think, right. with her in making her. So they wanted Walt to be a criminal and crime is fun mm -hmm. and you root for criminals. A real life person wouldn't do that. A real right. life person would be suspicious in making Skylar act realistically to what Walt is doing. They couldn't quite give her enough like early on when it was fun for the audience, mm -hmm. she was telling everyone to stop having fun. Yes. And so I kind of, bl I blame obviously anybody, who, any dirt chud who like, you know, gave Anna gun shit. Obviously that's reprehensible and horrible and stuff. I also mm -hmm. think the writers kind of did. Yeah. Uh, Skylar dirty for the first couple seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, until eventually there's enough shade and Walt is bad enough that you realize like, Oh, was like she was right the entire time. And everything she did was pretty logical. Yeah. You know, like this is all stuff that you would do if if your partner was acting this way. Yeah. It just she, she is trying to protect protect her family from this person who is pretty much going to kill it by trying to save the family, you know, yeah. from, from 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 himself. Yeah. Uh, there's it is impossible on going back and 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 looking at this to see Skylar White as anything but a sympathetic figure. You know, Very sympathetic. Ha, ha, has her own kind of journey through this and figures out ways to get at Walt. But yeah, eventually, you, you know, they get over. It's, it's real tough because, like, how do you have her there and not immediately call the police uh, without making her seem stupid? Right. Yeah. How do you how do you write that character and thread that needle? I'm happy they eventually got their legs with her. Yeah, me too. It takes a little bit, though. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a perfect show. Yeah, you know, and seeing her struggle with her agency, her trying to fight back in all the ways that she can, mm -hmm. um, in the in the face of Walt's just like immense, you know, like fortress he's built up under yeah. her nose, uh, is really satisfying as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the all the IFT stuff is good, <laughs> uh, real good. Yep. Um. um there's Walter Jr., a.k.a. Flynn, uh, yep. when he decides he doesn't want to share his dad's name, uh, yep. who is uh, who is Waltz and Skyler's uh, son, played by R.J. Mitty. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, lo love this character. Um, uh, mm -hmm. It provides good uh, provides good comic relief while also kind of being a, um, a bit of a moral check on mm -hmm. on on walter you know uh does a better job of keeping walter a little bit more human i think than uh than than skylar does for longer obviously fails on that uh but uh he's a he's he's a teen yeah uh currently 30 you know as mm -hmm. of now uh the character and the actor both have cerebral palsy mm -hmm. uh which is real cool they casted an actor with the you know the the condition Mm -hmm. that the character has uh, the reason why i say that rj may does not consider a disability mm -hmm. uh so i want to respect that yep. um but this you know same condition yes. so uh rare mm -hmm. like you, you don't see that yeah. you know in in tv shows that's really cool to see mm -hmm. um also ends up being kind of a comic relief character uh as the the you know the show goes on a lot of jokes yeah happen with flynn fame, fame, uh, famed lover of breakfast loves breakfast <laughs> who doesn't yeah um you know i'm i'm with flynn Mm -hmm. And that one. Yeah. Uh, we got Hank Schrader. This is Skylar White's brother. Uh, Walt's brother-in-law played by Dean Norris, sex gifts, Dean sex gifts, Norris, uh, also from total recall, uh, the yep. guy with the fucked up face. Um, uh -huh. yeah. And, uh, Hank is another character that starts off as kind of a goofball antagonist kind of thing mm -hmm. who you eventually, you know, and there's a lot of shitty things that Hank does. Like, you know, Did Hank's a, a racist cop who doesn't like, 
sex workers and uh-huh. you know extrajudicially beats people up and shit. Yeah. He's a real they do a really good job though, I think, of him being like a well-meaning goober. Yeah. Like you know people like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I feel like you have you know, uh people who you're forced to hang out with at work mm-hmm. or stuff that are not bad. They're right. like this dude, they're like gym buddies. <laughs> right. You know, kind of fun, kind of funny. You know, the, the guy who goes to the wedding and like you go to use the bathroom, he's like, is this where all the dicks hang out? <laughs> and you're yeah. like, yeah, man. <laughs> and then and then you just kind of go back about your day. Yep. Like, it's, it's really hard for me not to like Hank. Uh, and who knows how much of that is influenced by knowing everything that happens with Hank. Mm-hmm. But on rewatch and stuff, he feels like a harmless goofball, even though you can certainly point to harm. Uh, yeah, that he does. Absolutely. Th- th- that's a little bit of a dissonance going back to look at as like specifically season one as well. You know, it's hard to see 2007, 2008 as a different time. But I think maybe if the character of Hank was written today, uh, he wouldn't say some of the things that he says. Yeah, you know, it'd be different. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be it'd be different. But like he is competent and ultimately ends up kind of being a hero of the hero of the show, like ends up being, a you know, a good guy as being the good, the only like upright person in this. Yeah. One of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that they actually toned down his crapulence, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the time in which this came out, uh, even if it wasn't a different era, I think that you could buy that it was a transitional yes era you know and they uh they realized through making this like we have to make this guy a little bit less of like a shitty you know good time racist uncle mm-hmm. um, uh my my vote for the character they do the least with uh yeah. or they know how to use the least is his wife uh, marie schrader uh played by betsy brandt it is a good performance mm-hmm. um i don't think they ever figure out what to do with this character. Famously, there is a subplot that goes nowhere mm-hmm. uh, for a portion of it. But even beyond that, um, this character doesn't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it ends up feeling a little bit weird. This is the kind of thing I think that they actually get really excellent at in Better Call Saul, yes. where none of the characters feel like they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. You know, the, the characters all serve a purpose and they all uh, feel lived in and purposeful in a way that like Marie doesn't to me. Yeah. It, 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 a lot of, a lot of times it feels like Marie is just used because there needs to be somebody in the wife slot for Hank, you know? Yeah. Uh, Marie is, is Skylar's sister and Hank is married in. Um, and she's there, I think also to like give Hank somebody to talk to not at work about non-professional things, especially as he starts trying to process some of the horrors of what he sees over the course of investigating the blue math, uh, kind of epidemic that's going on. Yeah. Also a a comic relief character. Yes. You know, a lot of, a lot of goofy lines Mm -hmm. and, and such, um, you know, not going to lie initially you know the marie scenes are kind of a bummer mm-hmm. uh, on the curve just because they knowing they don't go anywhere yeah. is a bad feeling yes uh, to me uh and then finally uh we have hank's partner uh steve gomi gomez mm-hmm. uh, played by steven michael uh, casada and uh he's great yep <laughs> you know just <laughs> a, a good dude the long-suffering G- gomi yep uh keeps hank in check you know mm-hmm. busts his balls effectively Yes. Uh, which is real fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, again, we don't get a whole lot. You know, we, we, we don't see his home life until well into Better Call Saul. Right. Uh, you know, any, any aspect of it. Um, you know, he is also there for Hank to have a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hank has kind of like a domestic uh, reality check and a work reality check. Yes. Um, they both, they, they're both effective. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, there are obviously other main characters. Like we we left, we talked about Better Call Saul. We haven't talked about Bob Odenkirk's Saul Goodman. Uh, he's mm-hmm. introduced in the second season. Yes. So so we'll talk about that then. Uh, mm-hmm. This is our initial cast, and we also left out some people who we know are just going to be evolutionary dead ends, like the principal that Walt kind of flirts with, and <laughs> you know, uh, all all this stuff. You know, <laughs> Crazy Eight. Uh, yeah. we, we're just going to you know leave that stuff aside. <laughs> yeah. Man, the, the the wild arc of Crazy Eight. <laughs> yeah, cra- Crazy Eight, who just like it, absolutely wild arc. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of our initial family setup. Yes, uh, yeah, for the show. 
and uh, supporting protagonists and definitely antagonists are going to come in. Like, th- th- don't worry, we'll talk about Gus oh, when Gus is introduced. It's worth, uh, you know, this this kind of segues us into the kind of themes and stuff. And this is only kind of a theme. This is me being a, a blunt stone of a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this show does have my favorite villains. Oh, yeah. Of a show. I think this show does like delicious evil villains mm-hmm. really well. Like sometimes it feels real queasy, yeah. but every single one of them is unpredictable and, you know, room stealing mm-hmm. in different in di- ways. In different ways, specifically. It's hard yeah. to think of two people who are more different than Tuco and Gus, you know? Yeah. Or, or Gus and Lalo, mm-hmm. you know, when we get into ba- like all of the Salamancas are fascinating villains. Yes. Um, you know, the villains that are introduced in the fifth season get a lot of shit. I also mm-hmm. think they have like a spooky, unpredictable energy yeah. to them. I really like how they work with Gus. Like what is an unprincipled uh, demon? Mm-hmm. Like how, do, how does that affect? Well, and then uh, Better Call Saul ups its that game by changing the definition of villain. Yeah. You know, like. It's not, you know, uh, uh, Chuck and Lalo villains uh-huh. could not, you know, worlds apart. Yes. Very different kinds of villain mm-hmm. uh, or antagonist. Um, I think a lot of times uh, media, especially any kind of pulp media is made by the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have an interesting antagonist. It's the the worst thing about the worst Marvel movies. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, or the worst, like any kind of action, sci-fi, superhero movie, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, a shitty villain sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hans Gruber are better. Please. And, uh, please, <laughs> you know, set your baseline at Alan Rickman. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then up, yeah. you know, and, and this show does it better than, than any show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like the, the escalation is nice too. We go from kind of like street level to, uh, people with lots of resources at their disposal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely uh it's like a theme lit it's not a real theme we talked about some of the themes a little bit earlier the show mm-hmm. deals with uh justice is a really big one yeah um you know the idea of there being a cosmic scale uh good or evil is punished it doesn't come out easy uh and it corrupts yes. uh it punishes the doer and it punishes everyone around them mm-hmm. um evil acts are absolutely devastating yeah um, uh, especially, uh, in spite of, uh, your intentions, uh, yes. or justifications that might come out of it. One of the ways in which, uh, Walt becomes really painful to watch. And I mean that in a good way, but, you know, just like there's, there's a certain amount of him fooling himself, you know, mm-hmm. and over the course of the show, the shifting ways he tries to justify his actions. And even when he, you know, sheds that still tries to convince himself that he's better than whoever he's dealing with um he really does not have the ability to look in a mirror is the is the sense of it yeah and that also comes through you know one of the reasons why it's cool to do this show after better better call saul is because better call saul shows how other characters you know it is a continuum Mm -hmm. but that kind of you cannot uh quarantine yourself Right. From your actions. Uh, you know, there is a difference between a, a good criminal and a bad criminal, mm-hmm. but not as big a difference as the good criminals want there to be. Yes. You know, uh, it's still not going to be. Uh, another thing that is kind of a sub theme of this uh, that I always really love to see is that violence affects the perpetrator of the violence, not just the victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the show, we are continuously shown people who are devastated by their own actions not Mm -hmm. just you know their victims yes uh it is a stain it's a stain to take a life it is a stain to hurt somebody uh regardless Mm -hmm. um you know it goes both ways it's always a double-edged sword yeah Yeah. um uh, i mean we we mentioned this with walt but uh definitely uh kind of the wages of hubris let's say yes you know, um, it just, uh, again, on rewatch, going and looking at it, the fact that he thinks that he can operate in the same kind of stratosphere as Gus when he ultimately gets there is real. You, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. Yeah, yeah. And the differences of that are just really well executed. Yeah. I love that they let that tape play out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, like, as you, as you mentioned, uh, there is this, uh, element of, of pride and how that hurts you. One thing that is wrapped up in that, that is a 2022 thing. I have no idea how much it's intended, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this stuff would happen if Walt wasn't a white dude, yep. a middle-class white dude. It's not like a black dude could do this. 
nope. because he has consistently given the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. uh, for things. Uh, he is invisible in a way that the white middle class man can be mm-hmm. uh, that other people cannot. Yeah. You know, you contrast uh, him. He keeps his his affairs secret, but he's a he's a bungling idiot. So he's constantly getting <laughs> basically caught. He gets so much benefit of the doubt. He gets yeah. it, and, and contrast that with the kind of uh, either with the people who work more openly in the cartel who basically have to protect themselves through like muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why they are able to not get, you know, uh, operate semi in the open is because mm-hmm. it is a known terror. It's yes. organized crime and they still have to be more careful or Gus who has to craft an entire, you know, it's, it's, it's really like this person has to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to get to, you know, the same thing. Yeah. Like there is definitely a, a white privilege read of, yeah. uh, of this show. And uh, it wasn't, wasn't as on front street when the show aired, but mm-hmm. on rewatch, it really pops out. Yeah. The cartel or like the, the, the heat is on the cartel the entire time. It is all the DEA is, is, is focused on. Um, Mm -hmm. and Walt just kind of can be working almost directly with them, uh, and fall into the cracks because he is invisible behind that mustache. Yeah. It's worth also worth noting before somebody yells at us. Uh, I'm not saying you got to hand it to the cartel. Like no. I'm not apologizing for the cartel. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're absolutely vile and deserve every bad thing that happens to them in this mm-hmm. just because they, they don't, they're not white. doesn't mean that they're good. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not falling into that straw man you made up. Nope. Uh, you know, <laughs> not, not, not doing that dog whistle whistle, but yeah, yeah it's a, a, Walt gets away with it because he is white, which is worth talking about, which mm-hmm. is not the same thing as saying, uh, you know, the people who are not white are fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the notion of family is played with quite a bit in this, not just mm-hmm. in Walt's justification for why he is doing the things that he is doing, uh, which, you know, is a kind of a lie even from the beginning, but um, specifically like the relationship between him and Jesse. Walt is a man with two sons. Mm-hmm. To, a, to, to, to a certain degree and Jesse very early on is kicked out on his ass you know his own family the, the abandons him and he you know kind of sticks to Walt and those particular ties and they're used as a way to you know kind of bolster your efforts but also as a way to manipulate and you know strangle them and drag them along as oh, well yeah. are uh really uh played into on this that is something that is done especially well in better call saul um yes which which is i think even more involved with family than this is um uh especially in the first half of the run um but uh that is absolutely present here and the relationship between walt and jesse i think is kind of one of the best ways that plays out it's it's really fun to watch and think about because undeniably like those two men love each other mm-hmm. uh they've been through too much not to yes uh just because walt weaponizes that love doesn't mean that it's not a kind of love yeah you know it's just a fucked up toxic shithead you know garbage <laughs> love you know and and walt or jesse loves walt uh mm-hmm. they love each other um same way that you know saul and chuck mm-hmm. love each other you know the uh, toxic love is a big yeah, a big kind of themelet in this uh, love is not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, visually this show is beautiful. It's really, yeah. really well shot. Uh, it's full of big, beautiful desert landscapes. Uh, you could say <laughs> that the setting is a character. Yeah, <laughs> in this, if you wanted to say that, uh, you can say anytime you want, day, night. Uh-huh. Uh, say whatever you like. Um, but it, it's it's very visually striking. It has some kind of blowback to it. Uh, in 2022, the way that there's a huge yellow filter over anything in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, people don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. it's visually striking. I like it as a gonzo colorful, mm-hmm. like kind of element to it, but I also recognize like real people live there and it's reality. It's not an alien planet. <laughs> uh, so I understand why people think that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's just, it ends up adding to the kind of striking visualness to this in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff that makes this breaking bad that, um, uh, like if, if I saw somebody else try and do it today, I would say, oh, that's like outdated or kind of hacky, hacky or, 
uh, just kind of stolen from Breaking Bad itself. Uh, it feels like they got the cinematographer from Good Eats at certain times. Mm. Uh, because oftentimes, uh, <laughs> establishing <laughs> shots are filmed through something. I'm thinking mm-hmm. specifically of like, you know, the shot up through the glass pan as Jesse is, uh, cooking eggs, uh, for yeah. Jane in season they two, love you that know? Shit. Yeah. They really love just camera in an unexpected location, uh, to the point where that is kind of a visual hallmark of this. Uh, that to me is less successful than the other visual hallmark, which is um, these time lapses, which mm-hmm. that's kind of just them using their one of their biggest assets, which is the area around Albuquerque uh, to kind of just like get this natural beauty to show time passing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think medium, like maybe falling in between those is there's a lot of montage in this. I think the montages get much more successful as the uh, as the series goes on, especially as they get a bit of a better hand on how to use needle drop music. Yes. Yeah. This improves. Yeah. You know, it is not a perfect show out of the box. Uh, again, you know, it is fun to watch them get better at that. I would agree with, agree with all that. The yeah. tricks like the shooting through things. You know, you brought that up as something that would be tiresome if another show did it. Mm -hmm. It's real weird. It feels grandfathered into me. Yeah. Like, I I hate letting things off the hook of being like, that's just how that thing is. You know, like, I... (laughs) I'm no, no, I'm not saying, saying you're doing that. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're not doing that. I'm saying I, I succumb to doing that. Oh, yeah. No. Like, that is against my critical prospectus. But, like, mm-hmm. I, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're being okay. cute. Yep. <laughs> this, t- this took longer and is more expensive than it needed to be. Uh-huh. Uh, we we all <laughs> like to have fun at work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get it. Um, the, uh, you know, so the music, the music and sound, the needle drops and stuff, all that gets better. The score mm-hmm. stuff is universally very good. Yeah. Uh, something that has uh, become a pet obsession of mine the last couple of months is the Colombian episode for episode remake of this mm-hmm. called Metastasis. Uh, the one thing, if you watch some clips of Metastasis, which I need to get onto the show I, somehow, I need to find a way to watch that. Cause I just learned about that today. It, it's, it's breaking bad, uh-huh. but, and it's okay acted and it has the same plot. So it's still good. <laughs> you know, it's still, but all the music is, uh, Spanish telenova music they oh. replace all music with like big dramatic 90s fmv <laughs> yeah like game music it's incredible it's so uncanny to watch uh, uh, just like lots of electric string and maybe uh maybe sort of like synth- synth- synthesizer string and electric piano be a big deal. uh big what are you supposed to be feeling music at all <laughs> times uh it's it's really i i definitely recommend watching some youtubes of metastasis mm-hmm. uh it's also wild to think like since it was a telenovela uh it came out every day it was monday uh-huh. through friday for a year and that's just how people <laughs> in Columbia experienced breaking bad uh that version of breaking bad that owns yeah it, it's a uh, it's wild it's yeah. really wild. I, I am so curious to watch more. I would love to get a complete DVD set just to have on in the, like, I don't need to watch this show back to back, you know, uh, twice, but just to have on the background. Oh yeah. Like that's pretty cool. I want to see the choices they make. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, like, what is their Jesse like? Uh, he's in really, really hot. For, <laughs> he's, he's like a really, like a real pretty boy. Yeah. Uh, and when he gets beat up, he's like, he has just a little tiny scratch under his eye. <laughs> supposed to be like it feels yep. like Aaron paul spends like half of the show's run on some kind of facial prosthetic because nope. he's getting the shit kicked out of him and this he gets this little tiny little like scar like <laughs> uh you know under his eye because he's oh, very handsome yeah uh yeah but I, I love metastasis and uh and i love breaking bad and i love better call Saul. i'm looking forward to uh spending more time on all three mm-hmm. metastasis yeah. is a good name for that uh, it is a good name gonna, for that yeah actually yeah it's a really good name for that Huh. Uh, score one for metastasis. <laughs> um, no. I don't know that I have anything else to say by way of introduction other than, you know, I'm real excited to jump into it. I've got the big, uh, the, the big new project enthusiasm, uh, kind of, kind of thing going on. Uh, I think something that we said, uh, kind of uh, toward the end of orb, just about, you know, the difference in the, in, in the remit for this is, you know, this is not going to be entirely exhaustive. This is a show that, you know, is studied and written about quite a bit. Um, and we are going to do as much as we can to find, you know, the cool bits of context and stuff. Uh, but, uh, there are going to be things that we miss. 100%. Um, the the reality 
of where we're at with the network is that we're going to put the time into this that we can afford chronologically, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is, you know, watching the show, uh, checking out supplementary material, but n- I'm not going to read multiple books on it because I'm don't have time. Yeah. Uh, and that just has to be okay. So we it's going like- to be a little bit, little casual. Like I like to think that we are smart dudes mm-hmm. and we're going to bring insight yep. to this. Uh, but it is not, uh, all exhaustive. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. If you, I mean, this is, this is normally part of the, uh, part of the end of the show, but, uh, all of our shows are entirely listener funded. Both Gary and I do this. This is our full-time job doing a bunch of other shows over, over on duckfeed.tv. If you like this show and would like to support us and get uh, bonus content of other things, uh, some, t- uh, some of it related to non-video game media. I'm thinking specifically we have a whole um, uh, show about horror movies uh, called Unfilmable that comes out once per month. You can go over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and check out what's on offer there. That funds the show uh, and keeps us independent and all of that and uh, helps us, you know, do our work. Well, let's just do, uh, you know, we it lets us do stuff like this. Yes. Like it lets us follow our you know, mm-hmm. our passions or what have you, um, you know, things like this, uh, the shows that aren't in the, the, the two big slots tend not to bring in the numbers mm-hmm. as much. Uh, but we still want to do them. We think they're worth doing and we have things yeah. worth saying and people like them. Uh, yep. this is, that is uh Patreon is the number one way to make sure the spigot keeps going. Yep. Like if you Just want to make sure this to run train out. doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Keep us in the empire building business. <laughs> um, the, uh, you can also tell your friends, that is a big thing when a podcast starts. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving ratings, reviews on Apple Podcast or iTunes or Podcast Addict, uh, all that's really good. Yes, um, we appreciate that. Uh, if you do join that Patreon, you get to join the Slack. We have a channel for discussing this show and discussing the uh, you know Gilli- Gilliganiverse. <laughs> uh, so if you have other, you know, if you want to talk about uh, Breaking Bad and its uh, surroundings with other fans, there is a place for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think that's basically it. I think so. That's all I can think of. Uh, we will, we will be back in uh, two weeks talking about, uh, the, the, the pilot and, Mm -hmm. um, then every, uh, every other weekend from, uh, from there. Yeah. For eternity for a couple (laughs) years. Uh, and until next time, I, I need a dust filter for my Hoover max extract pressure pro model 60. Can you help me with that? How's the heat?